I want you to sing with me. Jesus loves me. Good job. Tells me so, little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. All right, stop. What did you just sing? Guess what? Okay, keep going. Yes, Jesus loves me. All right, stop. Stop. What did you just sing? It's true. Keep going. Yeah. The yeah. All right, have a seat. Jesus said, "Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be." Our youngest daughter, Kate, when she was little, she had this blanket that she affectionately called Nani. Everyone say Nani. Nani. This is Nani. Kate treasured, treasured Nani to the point to where she could not sleep without Nani. And if we were at someone's home as a family... And maybe there till late, midnight, 1 a.m. And happened to forget Nani when we left that home. And when we got home, Kate had this supernatural sense of being able to realize that Nani was not with her. Because we had left it at the place we were at. And she would wake up, even if she had fallen asleep in the car or the van. And we'd put her down to go to bed. She could sense Nani was not with her. And so because we valued our sleep, because we valued Kate's sleep, we also too valued Nani. Nani became our treasure. More so than Kate. (laughs) I love Nani. Um, And so I would at times travel back to the home where Nani was, and I would go collect Nani from the home, and I would bring Nani home. And give Nani to Kate. And Kate would sleep. And so would I. (laughs) We would sleep. She treasures Nani. Everyone in this room has a Nani. You have a Nani. You have something that you treasure more than anything. You have a Nani. You can sometimes tell what a person's nani or treasure is by just looking at the amount of time they spend doing something. Time, treasure, talent. So if you look at someone's time and what they spend their time doing, what's most important to them, you can kind of get a picture of what their nani is or what they spend their money on, right? What you spend your money on, you can kind of get an idea of of what's important to someone by what they spend their money on. Even their, their talent, what you use your talents for, you can determine a lot uh, of what someone's nani might be. Everyone has a nani. So moms, dads, let me talk to you for a moment. If I brought your kids into a room and they sat down with me and I said, hey, what's most important to your mom and dad? 
what would they tell me? What do you think they would tell me? Just think about that question. Based upon what you spend your time doing, what you spend your money on, what you invest your talents in, what would your kids tell me is most important to you? Kids. What if I invited your mom and dad into my office and I asked them the question and I said, you know, so tell me what, based upon what your kids spend their time doing, what they spend their little allowance on, what's most important to your kids? If I asked your spouse, if I asked your roommates, if I asked your closest friends to tell me what is it that you treasure, what, what would they tell me? Why is this important? It's important to identify what your treasures are because as Jesus said, what you treasure reveals what has your heart. Your treasures reveal what has your heart and what has your heart is what shapes you the most. It's important for you to think about what are my treasures? What do I treasure? Because what I treasure reveals what has my heart, and what has my heart is what's shaping me right now. A couple weeks ago, Andrea and our family, we had the privilege of being part of the viewing and the funeral services for Andrea's mom, and thank you to all of you for the prayers for our family and the generosity you gave to us, um, and, and being part, being able to travel and be part of that. We so thankful for our church family. But a couple of weeks ago, we had the privilege of, of just attending the, the viewing and the, and the funeral. And I remember being part of the viewing specifically and just the line, like if this was the building in which the viewing took place, the line was all the way to the back, out the door, down the hallways, winding around for five plus hours. Over 500 people stood in line, some for maybe an hour or more to just tell of the impact that Andrea's mom, Judy Gordon, had had in their life. It was amazing. I mean, the line was always out the door. It was incredible. And then on Friday, over 2,000 people either viewed the funeral online or attended the funeral, and it was just a testimony. I mean, it it was unmistakable. It was unmistakable what Andrea's mom treasured more than anyone or anything. Unmistakable. And I remember standing, there was a moment in the viewing where I said, I I want this. I I want a life like this. Where a life that's all, that's poured out. Nothing left. Because what, what her mom treasured more than anyone or anything was Jesus. It was unmistakable. Why? Because I think her mom truly believed what Jesus has to say in his story of the treasure and the pearl. In the parables, the treasure and the pearl. So if you have a copy of the Bible with you, join me in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, as we conclude our series on the parables, specifically the ones in Matthew chapter 13, 
What we're going to see in these two parables, and I think Jesus puts them together because they communicate a similar truth, is Jesus is going to reveal to us that there's a treasure that's worth having even if this is the only treasure you have. There's a treasure worth living for, worth having, even if this is all you have. It's, it's, listen, it's better than Nani. (laughs) It's way better than Nani. Don't tell Kate, but it's, this treasure's way better than Nani that, that, that Jesus is going to reveal to us in these two parables. Let's read them. Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now let's take a look. Let's kind of unpack these parables a little bit that Jesus is teaching to his disciples. A little bit of background here on the parable of the treasure. In this period of time, they didn't have a banking system like you and I have. So if you had any kind of valuables or treasure, you would take that valuable or that treasure and you would bury it in a field that you owned. And so what Jesus is describing here was not out of the ordinary in this period of time. So somebody walking through a field and stumbling across something and then they dig it up and they, oh, it's a treasure. That would not have been out of the ordinary during this period of time. This would have been a common practice, a common occurrence. And so Jesus, again, using parables is, is telling, using an everyday circumstance of life to communicate a spiritual truth. And so as we understand that, I want you to see the man's response or his attitude toward the treasure. Look at what it says. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, what's he do? He goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Now, now imagine the conversation that this guy has when he gets home with his wife, right? Imagine, I mean, he's like, honey, sell everything. Sell everything. Sell Nani. Sell the cars. Empty the bank account. Empty savings. We're going to buy a field. Well, we already have a field, but we don't have this field. Uh, What? I'm telling you, sell it all. Why? Because there's this treasure in this field that's worth more than anything we own now or anything we could ever own. It's that priceless. We're selling everything. And he's, there's no buyer's remorse here. There's no reluctance. There's no, mm, no second thoughts. In his joy, he's like, we have to get that treasure. It's so good that it's worth selling everything that we have, everything that we own. Now, also in Jewish culture, if a, if a treasure was found in a field, it became the property of the owner of that field. So what we see here is the fact that this man sells all he has to buy the field it tells us that he wasn't the owner of the field. So he's walking through this field. He stumbles across this treasure. Okay, the law says this treasure is really the person who owns the field. I got to buy the field. 
<laughs> awesome. So he goes home and sells everything, cashes it all in, and buys the field. He's willing to buy the field just so he can have the treasure. And this tells us so much more about the treasure. It's, it's so good. It's worth selling everything you have. It's that good. And then Jesus goes on and tells another parable, another story. And he says the kingdom of heaven is like, like a merchant, like a salesman who's looking for fine pearls. And on finding one pearl of great value goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Now in the ancient world, pearls were the most precious of all the jewels. It was the loveliest of all possessions. It was a status symbol. If you had pearls, you were considered nobility or royalty. And so he's, he's searching, not just for one pearl, right? It says he's, he's searching for, for pearls, for fine pearls, more than one. He's a salesman. I get it. I've done sales before. The more you have to sell, the more likely you're going to get more value in your pocket. So I get it. I don't blame him for searching for multiple pearls, but look at what he does. In his search for many pearls, he finds one of great value. That's so good, he sells all he has and buys it. That pearl, that one pearl that he found is so good. It's not only worth selling all you own to have, it ends the search for more. It satisfies everything. Just that one pearl. You get this one, but he get a many. No, you don't understand. This one pearl exceeds the value of having all the pearls. It's the mother pearl. I mean, it's the mother of all. I mean, it, this is it. You get this. It's worth selling all you own, all you have. You don't need any more pearls because you have this one. And again, it tells us about the characteristic of the pearl. It's so good. It's so priceless. It satisfies the heart. You don't need to search anymore. The longing is over because your heart has been satisfied. Well, who or what is the treasure or the pearl? Well, Jesus tells us, right? He says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure. In verse 45, he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. So what we have here is, is really who or what the treasure and the pearl is. It's the kingdom. It's Christ's kingdom. But I really think it can refer to the king of the kingdom. Because without the king, you don't have the kingdom. In fact, the theologian Matthew Henry, way, way back, he was from Wales, and he had to say this. He, he says, Christ is the treasure. In him there is an abundance of all that is rich and useful. Jesus Christ is a pearl of great price, a jewel of inestimable value, which will make those who have it rich, truly rich, rich toward God in having him, we have enough to make us happy here and forever. And don't we see this? Jesus approaches the disciples who are out fishing, Matthew chapter four. And Jesus comes to the disciples and he says, follow me. And there's something about this guy, Jesus, that says they, they dropped their nets immediately and followed him. And later in Matthew chapter 19, Peter's talking to Jesus and he says, Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. There's something. Jesus is so good. He's so amazing that he is worth leaving everything 
to follow. Go with me to the Gospel of John. I want to show you another example. John chapter 12. It's the story or the account encounter of, of a woman who has a very expensive jar of perfume. And she pours it out on the feet of Jesus. I love this. Just picture what's happening here. John chapter 12, verse 1 says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Just try to smell that. I mean, just imagine being in that room. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray Jesus, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor. Now, we have to understand that 300, that was basically a whole year's salary. A whole year's salary. So this, this woman is taking her a whole year's salary and saying, Jesus is worth it. <laughs> He's worth taking a bottle of perfume that's worth of my whole year's salary and worshiping him with it. He's that good. He is that Good. The Apostle Paul, Philippians chapter 3. Turn there with me, Philippians 3. Verses 7 and 8. He says this. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Philippians 3, 8, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Look at the words he's surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. Jesus is that good that you could know a lot of things but they pale in comparison to knowing Jesus. He's so good. He's that good. During the funeral of Andrea's mother, her brother stood up and talked about a moment when um, her mom heard of a village in Brazil. Now, her parents were missionaries. Andrea's parents were missionaries in Brazil for 40 years. And so when they were there, there was this moment. You can help me with the story, Andrea. Make sure I have it right. Her dad was in the States at the time. The kids were off at a boarding school back then. That's what they did. Um, and so just my, her mom there at the house. And there was a, a village in the interior of Brazil that I think had been flooded or, or, or something of, of, that, of that nature. And, and there was tons of need. And so we're talking hours away from where her, her mom lived, okay? And so her mom makes this choice that says, you know what, I'm going to go there and I'm going to spend four weeks in this remote village, don't know anybody, just to simply take care of these people in need. Why? Why? Because Jesus is that good. His kingdom is that good. So what are... 
What do the, these parables of the treasure and the pearl reveal to us about Christ, about his kingdom? Here's what I want us to get this morning. They reveal this, that Jesus is worth having even if he's all you have. He is worth having even if he's all you have. And his kingdom is worth belonging to even if it's all you belong to. He's that good. His kingdom is that amazing. And I think most of us here this morning, we, we long for that, right? Your heart longs for Jesus to be your treasure. You, you want that. I want that for you. I want that for me. But what does that look like? What's it look like to have Jesus as your treasure? Now let me give you three test questions to help us process this. First test question is this. Are you giving him your time? You can tell what your treasures are, one of the ways, by looking at what you spend your time on. Are you giving him your time? Does he have your time? Are you present with him? I make appointments all the time to have lunch with people, coffee with people. Do I make appointments to be with him and do I keep them? Do you? Are you giving him your time? Are you giving time to being with his people because Jesus loves being with his people and if Jesus is your treasure then you're going to love being with Jesus's people it's going to be priority so when the house church gathers you're going to be there when the church gathers you're going to be there why because Jesus is there he loves being with his people are you giving him your time are you present and let me just challenge moms and dads for a moment this might sting a bit but it's okay. Whatever mom or dad you're saying is more important than being with God's people, you're communicating a treasure. And you're communicating a treasure to your kids by whether or not you are spending time with Jesus. Do they see you spend time with Jesus? Do you spend time with them talking about Jesus? Do you have moments of family worship? together are you present are you giving him your time second another test question are you giving him your treasure are you giving him your treasure what do I mean by treasure well there's all kinds of our stuff we give it away we you know you might buy something for someone else and, and awesome and you guys are such a generous people Always have been. But a lot of our hearts are wrapped around our pocketbooks. Can we be honest? They really are. And you can tell a lot about what someone's treasure is by what they spend their money on. And so, does, does Jesus have your treasure? Do you give? Do you give? Do you give to people? Do you give to this family, this church family? Kyle said earlier, you can give to this church through the website and give in the worship. Do you give? Does he have your treasure? You say, well, I don't know where to start. Well, there's a biblical pattern of 10%. You kidding me? 10%? Well, there's a biblical pattern of that. 
that we see throughout Scripture. It's a great place to start. If you don't like 10%, then definitely don't read the New Testament. Because the New Testament tells you you should be doing more. You should be giving on top of that. Don't read the New Testament if you don't like that. But does he have your treasure? Does he have it? Third, are you giving him your talents? Do you serve your house church? Do you serve here the family? I'm so thankful for DJ in the back. This kid comes here. Yes, please. This kid comes here every Sunday, gets here and owns that board like it's his own. And I'm sure he would love to own it. But I'm so thankful for him and what he does. And Matt Duggar, who leads our worship teams. And Dwight and Kathy Myers, who lead our living kids. And and the different people who use their homes. You know, last night our living community met at Megan Browarski's home. Here she opens up her home so we can have 30 people just ransack her house. And leave crumbs everywhere. Serve. Do you use your talents to serve? I want to challenge everyone in this room should be on the volunteer list for living kids. Every one of us. You say, well, I'm not into kids. Well, I don't like washing the dishes, but I love my family, so I wash the dishes. Okay? Kids may not be your thing, but just serve. Just serve. So everyone, when we're Storm, Dwight, and Kathy, put your name on the list and tell them, you'll have to pick them up off the floor. I mean, talents. Do we serve? And listen, this isn't about guilting you. This is about gospeling you. It is, right? It is. It's, it's, it's so, okay, so, so time, treasure, talents, thank you. I feel like this big, right? You know, after all of this, like, pff, ugh. Can't treasure, man, I'm a, I'm, whatever, right? You feel that way. I do. So how do we do this? How do we do this, Jones? Listen. The road to treasuring Christ is understanding how much Christ treasures you. The road to treasuring Christ is understanding how much Christ treasures you. When you get that, take it all. Jesus got my back. Take it all. You need help? I'm in. It's not a guilt thing. It's a gospel thing. And when we understand just how much Christ treasures us, the treasuring comes naturally. It comes out of the heart. And so the road to treasuring Christ is understanding just how much Christ treasures you. Let me give you some examples. There are some theologians that would take these parables of the treasure and the pearl, and they actually see Jesus as the man who finds the treasure. And you're the treasure. Some theologians see this as the man is Jesus who finds the pearl and the church is the pearl, giving up everything he has to get the pearl. But there's more. Jesus treasures you. He loves you. Romans 5, 8. Somebody stand and read that. Who's got that? God displayed his love for you that while you were sinning yesterday or this morning, he still loves you. 
And he proved it by putting his son on the cross. How about Romans 5, 5? Hope doesn't disappoint. Why? God loves you so much that he has put his personal life presence, his Holy Spirit living inside you right now. Why? To show you how much he loves you. He loves you. He treasures you. How about Ephesians 1, 17 and 18? Yes, don't miss this. Don't miss what Jesus got through the cross. You know what he got? You. His glorious inheritance. Jesus put his son on the cross so he could get you. He treasures you. He loves you. Zephaniah 3.17 Did you hear that? He will rejoice over you with singing, like a father over his kids at bedtime, singing a bedtime song. That's what the father does over you. He sings over you. He treasures you. He loves you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. For the love of Christ compels us. It's Christ's love for us that moves us to treasure him to the point where we want to live for him. You see, the road to treasuring Christ is understanding just how much Christ treasures you. He treasures you. He loves you. And he's so good. He is worth having, even if he's all you have. And his kingdom is worth belonging to, even if it's all you belong to. He's that good. He's that good. And so the treasure and the pearl, and when I think back upon the viewing and the funeral services for Andrea's mom, what they revealed to me is that Jesus is so good. He's so good. He's worth having, even if he's all you have. And his kingdom is so great. It's worth belonging to, even if it's all you belong to. I'm going to ask the band to come. We love because he first loved us. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like a pearl. What are your treasures? What do you treasure? Because whatever you treasure reveals what has your heart and what has your heart shapes you the most. But remember this. 
Sing with me. Jesus loves me. This I know. Yeah. Amen. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus. So true. So true. Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Stand with me. Lord Jesus, we love you this morning. Because you first loved us. Maybe this morning you're here and you realize, you know what, I, I have some things that I'm treasuring that have replaced Christ. Maybe as we sing this next song, maybe you need to just come to the front and kneel at one of the crosses and just confess that to Jesus this morning and seek his forgiveness. Maybe you need to go and find someone else in this room and just pray together. Because there's something that this Holy Spirit is stirring in your heart this morning and you need to talk to someone about it. Maybe you're here and you're not even a Christian because really the road to treasuring Christ begins with understanding just how much Christ treasures you so much so that he died on the cross so you could have a relationship, a friendship with him and your sins forgiven. As we sing this next song, the Spirit of God is laying on your heart to come to pray to grab someone and pray with them, to maybe just sit and just talk to the Holy Spirit, talk to Jesus, talk to the Father. You do that. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for you love us over and over and over again. Thank you for treasuring us so much that you willingly went to the cross so that we could be your inheritance. We're undeserving. We love you.